Good morning. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence. May your word continue to be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and your greater glory our greatest desire. We pray that through these words we would all see Jesus and him only. We ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Well, how would you like to take one of Jesus's tests? Jesus was first of all a rabbi, a teacher, and from time to time he gave his disciples tests. And like all of Jesus's tests in life, they cut quick to the chase and often reveal the attitudes of our heart for the depth of our faith. Our gospel miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 this morning is unique in many ways. First, it is the only miracle in scripture that is mentioned in all four gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Secondly, it is the only account where Jesus ever asked the advice of another person before he performed the miracle. And thirdly, it is the only time that Jesus performed a miracle before such an enormous crowd. The men alone numbered over 5,000, but the gospel writers tell us that women and children were present. Biblical scholars conservatively estimate that the crowd could be 15 to 20,000 in strength. This miracle occurred in the springtime, and Jesus had just returned to Galilee from Jerusalem, and the season of Passover was approaching. They were located close to a village called Tiberias, which is right on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. My bride and I spent over two weeks last year in that town on a Bible tour of Israel, following in the footsteps of Christ. We even shared a lunch of fish and bread at the assumed location of this very miracle. While in Tiberias, Jesus initially had gone away with his closest friends, the disciples. He was looking for some peace and quiet, a time to R&R, rest and refuel spiritually. But the people didn't want this miracle worker out of their sight. They followed him up the hillside, and the hills are very steep there. And knowing they were hungry, for it was dinner time, Jesus turns to Philip and he asks them, where can we buy bread for these people? Scripture tells us in that same passage that he asked this only to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that very interesting. Jesus already had in mind what he was going to do, but he needed to test his disciples. He needed to test their faith. Philip, being the pragmatic, practical CPA of the disciples, 
quickly counts the cash available and responds with an answer of impossibility. Not enough cash or resources. Philip flunked the faith test. Jesus then turns to Andrew, who has steered a young boy over with five small wafers and two small sardines. But then Andrew exposes his own doubt. What are these few for so many, he asks. Andrew also flunked the faith test. Where Philip focused on their financially empty pockets, Andrew focused on the lack of food available. Both flunked the faith test. Neither one had switched from fact-based thinking to faith-based believing. Where Philip said impossible, Andrew said illogical. Both of these men had made one fatal flaw. They had both calculated without Christ. They had both calculated without Christ. Beloved, you and I often do the same thing in our own daily lives. Unfortunately for most of us, whenever the pressures of life are applied, the Lord Jesus often becomes our last resort rather than our first resource. I'm convinced that Jesus was a lot more concerned about their lack of faith than he ever was about the lack of food. A lack of food never stops God, but a lack of faith will stop God in his tracks. What I'm sure broke Jesus' heart was for the last three years, he had given them every reason to have faith and trust and no reason to have doubt. After all the miracles they had witnessed from Jesus, turning water into wine, healing the sick, even raising the dead, and yet they still labored to produce minimal faith, if not any at all. They just still didn't get it, did they? And likewise, we too occasionally need to be reminded as we look back on our own lives and observe how faithful God, the author and finisher of our faith, has provided for us time after time after time again. When the pressures of life are applied to our own lives, our worry meters and our self-sufficiency tends to go up, doesn't it? And at times we forget that Jesus in Scripture instructs us as a good rabbi should. He tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests before God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Perhaps all of us, especially as we prepare our hearts for Easter, need to reach back and grasp as Jesus teaches for the faith of that of a child. Perhaps even like that little boy who presented his lunch 
of a few sardines and wafers, how would he ever know that he would feed thousands? Where the disciples saw a lack, that little boy saw the Lord. The trustful gift of the little boy's lunch is in marked contrast to the doubt of the disciples. They were not ready to believe what Jesus takes and blesses, however little, will be more than abundant to fulfill his purpose. They did not grasp until much later, as scripture states in Hebrews 11, that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Let me say that again. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Just as he did with Philip and Andrew, the Lord may set a seemingly impossible task or issue or challenge before us to test us and see whether we react in fear or doubt or faith. He is training us to have faith in him. And trusting him means looking beyond what we can see and do to what he is able to accomplish. Friends, there is not a problem that you have that Jesus cannot solve. There is not a hunger you have that Jesus cannot satisfy. There is not an addiction that Jesus cannot cure. There is not a relationship that Jesus cannot heal. There is not a need you have that Jesus cannot answer. And beloved, when you give everything to Jesus and trust him with your needs, you will discover that Jesus is not only all that you need, but he is all that you want. And when you're finally at a place that Jesus is all you want, then you rediscover that Jesus is all you will ever, ever, ever need. As we will soon enter into the passion, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, know without a doubt and with faith that Jesus is in the business of redemption and rebuilding our lives. He has died so you and I could have a new life. He is for us our bread of life, our living water, our eternal hope, our salvation, our Messiah. Beloved, when you honor Jesus with the kind of faith that is sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see, God will move mountain ranges with the faith the size of only a small mustard seed. May we all be given the grace to have that kind of faith. In the name of the Father and the Son.